0: Hello, and welcome to the Renewal Nuggets this week. I'm bringing a very important topic. What happens is if we're givers and we're helping others, that we encounter suffering in such a way, there is no way to alleviate someone else's pain. How do we think of this? How do we prevent our own burnout and our own burnout fatigue? And how do we experience other ways of helping others, not only in fixing, And alleviating pain, but to be really with someone when there's nothing we can do to help and change their circumstances. I'm Dr. Ioanna Popa from Team for the Soul, and I love this space of science, psychology, interfaith spirituality, and ancient Christian faith. And today I have a very special guest to our renewal nuggets, Sebastian Falardeau, my husband. And together we co founded Team for the Soul, and I'm so excited and thrilled to bring him an interview so you get to meet and really get to learn from his wisdom. He's an interfaith chaplain. He is also an advanced grief recovery specialist. He's a certified psychosynthesis life coach, and he also did internal family system training level one. As a interfaith chaplain, he worked for many years in various hospitals from working with in general hospitals to nursing home with people with dementia, to all the way to the end of life and hospice and back to hospital. He also worked with children with mental diagnosis and psychiatric and the psychiatric unit. And now he's a director of pastoral care at a hospital, a general hospital where he's leading his team. It's, it's such an amazing team and amazing hospital that he works at. And he's also, together with me, we co-founded Team for the Soul right back in January, 2019, because we both had a heart to really support and accompany and guide people on their journey. So Sebastian's specialty is on helping people through grief. He has an eight week process moving through all the way from the pain to saying goodbye to the pain and recovery from grief. And then we also do together support and workshops and presentations while I'm working on regeneration and renewal with my course, uh, The Renewal in Action. And also we're both really interesting how to help people and guide to finding meaning and purpose and really fulfill the highest potential. So it is with great joy that I'm gonna introduce Sebastien Falardeau. Welcome Sebastien, I'm so excited that you're here. And it's such a joy that we can have this conversation. We have conversations every day but today it's really special to have to really bring your work into the world and all the amazing things that you're doing which I know about but I can't wait for everyone to hear. So welcome here. Maybe we can just start with a little bit about your journey like tell tell us about where your your vocation in helping and giving to others.
1: Yeah, my vocation for helping um it started really a little, a little bit late after my first master. Um, <clears throat> I remember when I was young, I was sometimes going to with my dad to see some patients, and I saw him practicing, I saw him like behaving to be with them, how he was reacting, uh, how to support them, and that already touched me. And um, sometimes it was um, not working, but it was bringing some. This music, city, city music uh, to the patient who is dying. So that really touched me. So after f- my first master, uh, um, I think I start the, the Pigeon philosophy, I'm not sure. And at the time I was doing my Pigeon philosophy, I saw the program to be a chaplain in hospital. So um, I said, well, I will try it. I think I would really like that. And I apply, and um, I did uh, my CP there.
0: Well, what really drew you when you said, you said, I saw the master in chaplaincy, like well, what about it that really resonated with you?
1: It's a place like, I like to be in a hospital. Mm-hmm. I remember when I was with my dad, it was a place I really liked to be, loved to be there. And I said, well, I don't want to be a medical doctor. So I think I, think I can do that chaplaincy. So um, I wasn't aware about the program. I'm sure it was an old program for many years was there but i saw on a website that was like a, uh, offered a program to be a chaplain <clears throat> So i said well yeah so i switched to from my PhD in philosophy to do the, the program to be a chaplain mm.
0: and what about the training that you liked i know you shared with me there are some it seemed like a really cool program um it's so mm-hmm. cool by the way, that Sebastian convinced me to do some chaplaincy training myself. So uh, there's something about the program and the training that really helped you. So do you want to say more about that?
1: Sure. Um, I'll talk a little bit more about my first two CPE. Um, CPE three and four, they were amazing also. And CPE is? Uh, Clinical Pastoral Education
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
1: uh, to train the chaplain. To have some tools. So, um, uh, my first two CP was uh, in the Hospital of Juliet um, with um, an amazing supervisor. Uh, we learn um, amazing skills and tools how to do uh, intervention uh, with, with patient, uh, even with patient with dementia. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's the most complete. Um, Tools that I learned, and, and I read also after that. I didn't find tools like that that I learned in Montreal. Uh, um, the, this you have a spiritual uh, sphere and with six axes um, meaning of life, transcendence, values, identity, community, and ritual so can
0: you slow for a second this is so cool can you say it a little slower and yeah. what is there? all this so there's six sphere in the spiritual realm
1: that 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 we think that it can can define um the human okay from, from inside from uh, a spiritual um, perspective correct correct um there's no definition there will be the patient will sit out loud what is the meaning of his life you No, know? but it seems that in this six axis or six category, um, it's kind of inner category, very general. So I will say it again. The first one is meaning of life. Mm-hmm. Second one is transcendence.
0: Meaning, can you say a little bit more? So meaning of life, what makes someone resonate, right? That's what you right.
1: What's the purpose of the person? What is meaning in life? Is this uh, to be with his family? To work, whatever, you will choose what is the meaning of this life. This is love, this is beauty, this is gardening. Mm-hmm. That we're not there to, we don't put categories inside of, of the, there's no definition of it except meaning of life.
0: Choose this, yes.
1: And the transcendence is the second one. Something that's transcend the patient uh, can be God, can be nature. Some people going fishing, playing music. <laughs> Something higher, bigger than that. Mm -hmm. So um, the third one is values. Mm -hmm. Um, The the fourth one is identity. Um, How you identify yourself. I'm a doctor. I am a nurse. uh, I am depressed. I am happy. I am a victim. uh, I am lonely. So uh, the the other one is the the community, the fifth one.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, Church. Uh, hockey team, their friends, uh, what kind of relationship you have with with others, people, and the last one is six one is ritual. It
0: mm-hmm.
1: Can be religious ritual or um, very ritual that we don't we don't think about it. Uh, I got a patient many years ago. Many years ago, uh, um, he was going to Dunkin' Donut. Uh, uh, two times a week to see friends. So it was a ritual for him, a place to express himself, to share himself, to, to share his, his ideas, his emotion. But he was in the hospital for two weeks. So this ritual was not able to recreate. Mm-hmm. we can try as the staff to recreate some ritual. For uh, the
0: patient in the hospital.
1: Yes, we can bring a coffee from Dunkin' Donuts and sit with him for a few minutes, you know? Mm -hmm. So so there's many kind of ritual. So um, the chaplain's at this in in, in the background of his head when he enter a room. Mm So um, mostly the patient without knowing it will share on the the six axes.
0: In that category. So I'm curious how you think of rituals. The way I think of rituals is more, it's almost like a habit. You know, it could be anything we're doing on our routine basis, but infused with our soul, infused self. So I'm curious, how do you, how do you understand that?
1: Yes, the ritual, uh, it's a habit, like you say, um, but meaningful for you, mm-hmm. something that nourish your soul, that make you alive, that makes you grounded, uh, 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 make you connect with people. That's so, so cool. So there's many ritual, Yeah. So um, we have that in, in, in the back of the mind when you enter the room. And after that, um, every axis, uh, they have um, a scale. Okay. Um,
0: like a scale, like from
1: zero to 10? Yeah, zero to five. 10. It's, uh, the first one is, is spiritual being.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, spiritual well-being, excuse me. Um, the other one is spiritual discomfort, okay. spiritual worry, mm, spiritual sorry. suffering, and spiritual distress. Um, so, um, when nurses or doctors will, will tell us the patient is spiritual distress, mm-hmm. yes, where?
0: Which of the six axes?
1: Yes, all of them or just one? This is really important for the chaplain to know to not say there's a whole universe in distress. Because this stress, at least there's many definitions, and the one we use is disconnected. Mm-hmm. This is very rare. So it is suffering. Mm-hmm. And where is this only the meaning of life and suffering? And this value is well-being, spiritual well-being, yeah. is ritual well-being also? Or maybe there's discon- discomfort and tra- transcendence. Okay. So it's how do we, we? I learned my 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 first two CP uh, um, in Montreal. Uh, uh, those kind of uh, t- tools as a chaplain. But again, I, for me, it's inner tools. It's not something uh, like a model external external model. Mm-hmm. Like we will do in biochemistry. You no, know, we'll I don't know. We'll take some plants, some rocks, or whatever outside, come, or something inside of us. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, and um, those tools uh, were able to uh, be with the patient.
0: Be with that, yeah. So if I'm hearing you right, you really love being in the hospital. There's something that you shared with your dad and this sense of this is a place where I want to be. And chaplaincy, there's something about the interior work and one when- And what about helping others that's really meaningful? Because I know in our conversations, you walked alongside with thousands, I think we calculated one time like 30,000 patients that you've (laughs) in different settings, right? That's a lot of patients from different suffering or short-term being in the hospital for a few days to huge loss in their family or even them being uh, close to the deathbed. And I'm curious, what about in this process that really um, supports you? That makes you keep on giving. That makes you want to go back to the hospital. What about this giving that really interests you?
1: Well, yeah, I choose a specific uh, work and send it's, it's a chaplaincy. It's uh, it's a specific intervention. It can be a few minutes. It can be an hour, but um, we don't follow them after that. Well, when they are outside yeah. of the hospital. Yeah, it's short term. Okay. Uh, so I really like that. Uh, um,
0: kind of short to, term.
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah, we're not like, I'm like I'm a psychologist, maybe with two, three years, four years, psychiatrist, two, three years, four years, 10 years, 20 years with the same patient. You know? So um, for me, it's this kind of journey, it's entering a sacred space mm. with the patient um is mostly in extreme situation. Mm. Uh, you know, when we enter the hospital, uh, um, there's always, you know, not it's not a symbolic hospital, but it's a possibility of dying. You know, even when you you hurt your 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 hand, you know, or your elbow, you just broke, the, they are in a place that People are dying. uh, It's a possibility people are dying. So there's a stress also for the patient going in the hospital. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's something extreme um, that that they will share mostly. They will share some some very deep emotion.
0: Mm -hmm. So just by being in the in the hospital, they pass some sort of a threshold and you're saying you're entering in the sacred space where they share very deeply?
1: Correct. And, and they, 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 they don't know which side the, the doctor is as, it's as bad as worse it works. It's, I don't know. I have pain here. Well, is this just something broke? Is this a tumor? Is it cancer? You know, they, they don't know what, what the, the, the doctor will tell them. Mm -hmm. so there's a sacred space and um
0: lots of the unknown lots of the questions and and
1: correct
0: and anxiety and and
1: a lot of anxiety yeah yeah and um they will go straight to the point (laughs) (laughs) um so um
0: you like that. You like that they go straight to the point. Is that had to do with your history of playing hockey before? You just kind of keep going for the
1: yeah, the same intensity. We have the same intensity. You know, uh you, when you enter the room, you don't know what's what will happen. Mm-hmm. No, you don't know really what the patient has, you know, or or even if you know the doctor told you or you you have you have the chart, you read the chart what is a family is this a family problem right? anxiety whatever personal stuff uh, what is relation with god or, or not with god so you don't know what's behind the scene mm-hmm. <laughs> and to, to support them to be able to support them gotcha. in, in this specific time mm-hmm.
0: you know? so you kind of like that kind of a mystery and the unknown and the intensity of it
1: correct the, the, yeah this is what is sacred the mystery Mm -hmm. And and I think this is the most important, to to stay with the mystery. Mm -hmm. Um, So staying with the mystery, um, the patient is able to open windows, to have Mm -hmm. other views, Mm -hmm. than to say, well, you have this or you have that. Mm -hmm. This is... so it's more open window to see how the patient can express, can be alive again and it's a journey. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so beautiful. And I wonder, as you've so much suffering, right? Day to day, what's it like for you? And most people it's natural to feel like I want to fix, I want to help, I want to change, I want to do that, right? And depending of, of professions, that's actually possible. I'm thinking, for example, of doctors who are surgeons, right? They can oh. go to surgery right away, it's intervention. This almost feels like at the end of the spectrum, where not much you, one can do, especially if they might, patients might face uh, end-of-life issues or intense suffering. How do you find a way to give like what is your type of i'm saying type of giving is not really a type but there's a way of being and a way of giving that doesn't involve fixing or helping that it's so profound that from what i'm i'm i heard before and i'm curious how would you share that so can be an inspiration for others because it's so easy to get into the fixing role and correct. then i be helpless because we cannot change or whatever. And
1: correct, yeah. So the, the fixing role, it, 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 chaplain can be chapel. So in that when something touch us uh, very deeply and that kind of disturb us, um, we'll try to move on to fix. So we have to be aware about that. To
0: Move on to what
1: you said. We'll try to fix the patient because, in fixing the patient, it will stop to share, (laughs) they will stop sharing your saying. You will will stop to share suffering. We will will guide them to escape with fixing. Mm -hmm. So, um, to people want a person to listen to them to feel that they are alive, Mm -hmm. you know, deeply alive and to share their, their deep sadness, suffering, uh, even well-being. No, they want to, 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 to exist mm-hmm. um, to, in front of another person.
0: Mm, um, to be witnessed?
1: Witnessed, yes, correct. And w- my work is to be there with them and be there with the mystery in the sense that um, I, I always uh, have the image of the little prince. Uh, uh, hmm. the writer Saint-Exupéry, Antoine Saint-Exupéry with a little prince when he, he met the, the fox for, 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 for the first time and, and he, he tried to move a little bit too fast in the relationship with the fox and the fox said well you have to know me before. He said how, how can I know you? He said you have to tame me. Hmm. So there's something rude, let's um, say, to a patient to accept that you will die with the cancer or whatever. But if you, can, if you can tame the reality, you're open to the mystery. It's less aggressive, less, more hope also.
0: When you say tame the reality, you mean taming the reactions or, I mean, the reality for someone could be final, right? I, they might have, the doctor might say two months to live. When you say oh, yeah. tame is, say more about that. You made me really curious.
1: Well, it, it's like with, with the, the little prince and the fox, they still have a mystery between both of them. And they don't know each other. No, they're not sure about that. They open to new path, to new journey, to discover other layer their spirituality in their life. This is the hope that the patient uh, could have also. Mm-hmm. So, to um, not put in them in labeling, I
0: see,
1: or in a category also. Right,
0: right, right. So in so the- if, if 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 if
1: there's a big distress, suffering, if you can approach his suffering with the conception of the little prince and the fox, well, it's less aggressive and violent, less in shock. You know, it's like a, a little bit of a dance, you know? I'll mm-hmm. be a little bit closer to to, to to know a little bit, what is my cancer? How, how I am I living with cancer? How can be alive then? a shock, it's you know? mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. a little bit like, like, like that, I will say. Mm-hmm.
0: So in a sense, instead of being a shock and either being overwhelmed by it or trying to suppress it completely, Correct. there is that, I love that idea of the dance. It almost reminded me of this term of the, that we, we see in, in Christian, ancient Christian faith, the perichoresis, the divine dance. It reminded me of that. And it also reminded me, it sounds very close in approach as a presence that you're talking about with um, two psychological methodologies, the internal family system, where at the core we have the true self, we have, I would call it soul, or some people call it spirit, there's something there that's untouched, unharmed kind of befriending and witnessing different parts of us, different reactions, right? So in that knowing internally, there is a dance, same as psychosynthesis. They use the terms, uh, subpersonalities. personalities, not that we have uh, multiple personalities, but kind of like <laughs> the younger version of ourselves that we encounter. And it's pretty popular nowadays to talk about the inner child and whatnot. So what I'm hearing is that you and correct me if I'm wrong. There's a sense of almost in your work with a, your a patients is that kind of connection, that kind of dance that can happen also internally between, let's say, my true self and my parts. You're having the dance and you're guiding the other to have that inner dance as well. Is that
1: correct? Is correct. correct. Um... That is so cool. They have also the, the inner dance from inside of them, also, like to to be curious, to 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 be moved, yes, uh, uh, not to be stuck mm-hmm. in their disease or in their, their spiritual suffering or 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 distress or whatever, yeah, mm-hmm. to have a certain dance.
0: Right, so there's an internal dance with between them and their reaction, but also you're saying an internal dance between their existence and the reality they're encountering. Correct. Mm, That's so beautiful. We
1: we see that uh, often when I was chaplain in in psych unit. Mm. When they say, I'm depressed, they all that, They're stuck.
0: In identity.
1: Yeah. So... It's all biological and um, all that. Well, there's no dance. There's no curiosity. They're, 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 they don't tame the reality. They don't approach them. They're not, what's the mystery? And all that or not, well, what is your meaning of life? What is your transcendence? What is your ritual? All these layer, there are six axes. There, um, we need to approach them and, and to be curious about it and to be flexible, mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: to open to the mystery uh, uh, of life and our personal mystery as a human being also, mm-hmm. then to be I'm just that. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. So when in that axis that you're talking about identity, identity, it's not something that it's fixed. Mm-hmm. I'm just a doctor, or I'm just this, or I'm depressed, or I am sick you're saying it could be more than that. Can you say, talk a little bit more about this scale of identity in a sense that you found the most resilient, like in your experience? Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, correct, correct. Um, First of all, one of the things that's important that we learned when I did my chaplaincy one and two, and and after that, I, I was grateful that I worked for maybe three years at the same hospital and the the, the supervisor was my colleague, but he was my supervisor. I learned a lot, a lot, a lot every day. And said, don't forget it's this punctual. In the sense that you go in the room, the person identifies self, the patient identifies self as uh, 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 strong or sad or or depressed or uh, 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 whatever, but that doesn't mean that tomorrow you will be like that. His identity can move and change.
0: Mm.
1: It's not fixed. So I you go back in the room tomorrow, how do you feel? Oh, I'm so happy. Great. So that's moving. It's not fixed.
0: Mm-hmm. So resilience, there's something about resilience that is brought in by some fluidity also in a way we identify ourselves and in a certain sense it reminded me like not taking ourselves too seriously
1: (laughs) well there's things like that and and resilience is i I like that you put on the table because um i think i did an article on that research whatever and it's really exist existential resilience less Mm -hmm. moral
0: okay say more about that
1: Uh uh Um, it's how to you can be back on the track, but an existential point of view, because um, a lot of psychologists will focus on the moral point of view. Well, we see that resilient people, even the bad one, are resilient. They can after, if they like miss the
0: bad them, one, like they might have, they might be labeled as bad by society. You mean?
1: Yeah, correct. Some people who do wrong thing. They can miss to steal a house. But after that, they will try other tricks to steal another house. And that will maybe work. So, in the sense, resilience is not really moral, it's existential. Mm-hmm. How you can go back from your existential point of view.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: How you can continue on your journey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Hopefully, a good journey because. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We we don't want to be our houses be stolen, but yes, no, I see your point that it's not the resilience as a trait has to do with a certain way of being. Correct. That it allows one to reposition, re re yeah. think, and restart over. That is really cool, and I wonder as you're any lessons as you listen to many people at the end of their journey. Are there any lessons that you would like to share with our audience? Uh, a few tips here, or what did you find that's most meaningful? As, as someone, because we don't get that perspective. Most of us, we live life. We might encounter someone who's dying uh, in our, you know, either family or neighbors and whatnot. And that's about it. But you have a total different perspective because you have actually seen lots of people at the end of their life and kind of listen to their stories when they're passing on to what's next. So what are some of the nuggets that you could share with us some wisdom?
1: Well, what's coming back always and always, first of all, I learned from them <laughs> uh, and, and a deep awareness. And when I did my CPU one, I said, okay, that I, 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 want, I need to change my life. You know, what is coming back every time and especially in end of life or, 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 or uh, big trauma, big physical trauma and, uh, end of life. Um, patient will share mostly that they missed the, the track, they missed the target, and mm-hmm. they were working, 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 try to impress people, and they forget their family, they forget their kids, and they miss love, and now they want to love their family and to be loved. Mm-hmm. So they want to love their friends, and, and, and they want... To see the beauty of life, to, 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 to love the nature, to love the flower, to see how it's, it's always mysterious, how it's beautiful, how to be grateful, how to be, to be, to do, to be thankful to, to their, their wife or their husband or their kids. Uh, so they, they see that they focus on superficial things, mostly. They focus on what? Superficial. That's superficial, things. yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, they, yeah, they I, I, I see many people, millionaire people, and they realize that they wasted their, their life.
0: Mm, mm. Um, how did you change your, your life? You got me so curious. So that was a pivotal moment for you, right? Learning from them in your first CPE.
1: Well, you see that... Um, even the people, the, the love always come back. And this is, this is what every people want to be loved and accept by the other one. Uh, I mean, even uh, I was doing this chaplaincy support with spiritual support with, with scholar, you know, writing books, articles, university. But at the end, they were saying, well, I want to be loved. Mm. Yeah, I want to be the rock star, you know,
0: they and said, I don't want to be the rock star. I want to be loved. I want to
1: be the rock star. I want to be loved. It's why I'm writing. Yes. If, if I'm writing a thesis, uh, articles, people will watch me and say, oh, you're so good. But, what do you want? It's to be love. Mm-hmm. It's always around love and love, love. Mm-hmm. But they realize that then even that, that they missed the target in a certain sense because they were saying to me in 20 years and 20 years and 40 years and 100 years, no people will read me. Mm-hmm. It's, it's quite true also, you know.
0: <laughs> right.
1: And, and um, so.
0: So a lot of the f- reflection, you 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 had the, the honor to really hear a lot of reflections in this way and sh- per- shifting of perspectives. Wow.
1: Well, yeah. So I realized that love was the center of their life. I see. So I said, well, yeah, because I'm, I have this awareness. Mm-hmm. I have to practice love now and not wait. They give me a gift, those Mm patients. They send that. They make me aware that not wait in 30 years Mm
0: -hmm. to
1: love people, to be grateful, uh, to see the beauty of life and nature, the music, and and to be kind, Mm -hmm. to forgive, to apologize. Uh, 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 So, they gave me very like diamonds for me. Wow. Yeah.
0: That's beautiful. And would you say that um, your faith informed what you're doing? I mean, you're interfaith chaplain. So you really work with people of all sorts of faith or no faith at all. How would you say your faith infused what you're doing and how you, you, how is that informing you in such a way that it won't feel Burdensome for someone who might not share the same faith with you. Like, how do you handle that?
1: Like a patient you have not the same faith.
0: Right. Exactly. So first, how is your faith in, infusing your work?
1: Well, so when I entered the room, I entered a room with the mystery, you
0: know. Okay.
1: With what the patient believe. What is what is his belief or her belief? Uh, I will not enter with my specific faith as a Christian, and not, not entering with Christ, But that brings a framework, a, a, a kind of different framework that they can have. The mm-hmm. patient.
0: You mean a logical framework?
1: Yes, and that that can. But not
0: like a very embodied presence of Christ. You're meaning like a framework. Here is a story. Is that what you're saying? Mm-hmm
1: well like uh, all, all the the the, the framework uh, orthodox framework or catholic framework this is they all have their their, their, their resurrection things like that and all the belief no. You know so um i will enter the room mystery compassion love and believe
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so um be respectful in a sense what you're saying you're uh, be right
1: because I'm not there to bring my faith as a Christian Orthodox. Right. Uh, 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 and the general universal, I would say universal, you know compassion is universal, mystery is universal, love is universal and, and I believe also. And, and, and even if it wasn't an Orthodox, he doesn't live his life like me.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: so it's not true that it will have the same conception of resurrection or whatever right right so you're staying
0: in the mystery and curiosity and really staying with what they're presenting correct and would you say that your faith is informing your work like are any concepts in your faith or beliefs that allows for this kind of present that you're talking about sure or i don't know or emptying or i'm just so curious
1: well you have the example of jesus when i think he's to be with the other one jesus was doing that so Mm -hmm. this is like a model Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, god was doing that listening Mm -hmm. jesus was listening to 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 his disciple or other people so correct yes and love, I will say, if orthodoxy, God is love. Well, that shaped my my, my compassion. That will shape my mm-hmm. intervention to yes. listen, to be a better listener.
0: Yes, yes, beautiful. Thank you so much. And I'm really curious as you experience all this. What? How do you incorporate in such a way? to regenerate. And the reason I'm asking, it's not uncommon for people that are really giving and helping others to lead to burnout, to lead to compassion fatigue, to lead to you know hearing and listening all the suffering. I know every time you come home, you're joyful. And it's I'm excited to, to see you, see your face. So you're not coming home burdened. You're not coming home F- pressured by the suffering so i'm wondering what's your system of regeneration right as you do through a- any rituals any mindsets that you can share and really inspire um, our audience
1: yeah so the first one it was uh, in my cpu one and it, they teach us how to regenerate mm. and they, he said my supervisor if after five or ten minutes, you're still devastated or disturbed, you have an issue. You come to my office. <laughs>
0: and
1: if it's I all good, like so if
0: five or ten minutes afterwards, if you're still devastated, yeah, it's my problem. I better take care of it. Is that what you're saying?
1: You're correct. And he said, if that's coming often, mm. well, you will need some support. It will say, so Yeah, he said, you said. So, and we're curious, why did you say that? That's because we're a student, you know? And he said, because we enter a sacred space.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We choose our job to not be a psychologist for 10 years with the same patient. We choose an extreme job. We enter a sacred space and place the room of the patient. When we go out, We don't bring the sacred space. This is the space of the patient.
0: Mm. It is not yours. It's not yours. Wow. So would you think that could be applicable to someone like a, could be a psychologist or a counselor or someone that just takes care of someone for years? Could this be applicable in the same way?
1: Correct. Because you don't bring this sacred place of the earth to you it's not your
0: it's not you,
1: you're witnessing your you know you're witnessing a deep moment yeah a sadness suffering you know uh, uh i lost my my child five years old you die you know and this is terrible but the sacred will stay with the patient i see so it is the room right. so so if it's in an office, will be the same. Well, it could be the same. It could be office some or home or, yeah. yeah, home also it can be some nuances. You know, uh, if you have a you know, deep, deep, deep um, meeting with uh, your patient or client, and um, it's done, well, you go out of the room for five minutes. mm
0: mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Go grab a coffee, or just go outside. Uh, 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 to regenerate. Yeah. So this is the first one.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The first step. So remember the sacredness and the fact that it's not yours to begin with.
1: Correct. Correct.
0: bye to it, which reminds me of the Renewal in Action, the program that I'm leading where one of the phases of regeneration is to separate and release. And uh, I, You said it so beautifully. Uh, I love this. I will remember this. this. This sacred space is not mine to begin with. So I'm going to mm-hmm. say goodbye to it.
1: Correct. Wow. So there's a difference when I yes. go outside of the room and you see nurses and doctors devastated for mm-hmm. hours and hours. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I said, well, no, this is their sacred space. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. And what was the second thing?
1: Well, I will say the, the day-to-day life, you know, things that regenerate. Uh, I like to do like exercise. I like to do meditation. Uh, uh, I like to uh, read comic books. Mm-hmm. That's that's so that bring me to regenerate. I like to read books, spiritual books, also theology books, uh, philosophy. Uh, uh, going in a garden, do a walk, and and going walk in the wood and nature so things like that To yes. originally yeah
0: so just say again what you were saying with uh reading coming uh, walking in the garden
1: yeah walking in a meditation garden that you did <laughs> <laughs> so after work it's important for me to take a few minutes yes outside. yes two this small is- brooks going to see them or not i'm just going to the garden see the flowers and uh, uh, to see the beauty of it, mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. yes, yeah.
1: and, and read comics books. Um, I really what about like
0: comics, comics books that you like?
1: Yeah, well, it's when I was young, and I guess it's my first vacation. Well, when I'm able to read, you no, know? so uh, so my parents was bring, bring me and my brother to a bookstore every time before, go to the bookstore. And after we go to the place we supposed to go on vacation. And uh, so uh, my dad and my mom said, Buy what you want. Okay. So, and I grabbed some comic books. So it's magical, it's deep. Mm. It's, most of the time, for myself, more psychology than the book of psychologists (laughs) Uh, you learn you you learn a lot and um, the beauty the 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 people who draw that's just amazing that there's so many talents yeah i keep this ritual we talk about ritual i keep this ritual most every most every day i will read coming Mm -hmm. Uh, maybe not one complete but most of the everyday will grab a comic books
0: and i know from what you shared uh before to me when you worked in a psychiatric hospital for children you used a lot of the comic books as a way to connect with kids and you even had some thoughts about um Uh, suggestions to parents how to use comics books in ways of engaging their kids and really entering their world. Do you want to share a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, I think comics books and also um, Disney movies. Okay. Movies. um, So for the younger kids, I I will focus more on uh, Disney movies it Can be even Star Wars or whatever, um, and, and a little bit more older. They read a little bit more uh, comics books. Uh, you see that superheroes um, have a, a specific fate. Mm. Um, if they don't have a specific fate, they will have a relationship with God, and you see there's there's some have depression superheroes some are sad and how they interact with god Mm -hmm. how god give them hope that they are not only depressed they're not only sad so um i think in the psychiatric unit patient and family um that can be a big gift if the parents are more close to the patient, the children, and more Mm curious of what they're reading. They say, well, this is not Protestant, this is not Catholic, this is not Orthodox. Well, no. How how to be with them in their journey with the Mm superheroes. And again, they have a deep theology, uh, 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 superheroes. And you see that God is very lovely in superheroes, very kind. Mm-hmm. Uh, and how did the superheroes deal with the mystery? How did they, they, they walk through the with the mystery in their journey? Mm-hmm. So, uh, and with the young kids, how to be aware that... Uh, Disney movie, uh, which one is that? Um, I don't remember what the, one of the superheroes is, is, is using his will. Like in Psycho
0: Okay.
1: I forget. Uh, it's a blue, blue superhero. I don't remember. Gotcha. It, it, oh, Mind. Mega Megamind. At the beginning, Megamind is b- very weird and mean. Mean with the people and doing bad things and hurt people. And after that, said, can I change? Mm. Can I change? Can I use my will to change? Mm-hmm. And he's changing to be a good person. Mm -hmm. but he said my will is not satisfied. can i do like tricks to the people not bad but just funny tricks so you keep a little bit is 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 it's bad side but just doing some (laughs) fine tricks so so there's a lot of psychology that they can that. use uh, the family who have kids in psychiatric unit. Yeah. So
0: if I'm hearing you right, in a certain sense, your suggestion is from working with kids and families uh, on is for parents to enter that sacred space that the child might be, we might be in a relationship with a movie or comic books and whatnot and really see the world through their experience and even inquiring about what they're noticing. Let's say it's a family that doesn't want to bring their kids. They do want to bring their kids to God that that can be actually a portal, an opening, a door opening to have those conversations through the child's perspective and stay in the mystery. Is that what you're saying?
1: Totally. Yeah. Yeah. They, they talk about God, every page just kind of, (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, so it's, Something that they can bring them to uh, young, young children or adolescent going to church and you've imposed your religion, they're mm-hmm. aware that you're Orthodox or Catholic or Protestant, you, know, you don't have to push that but to, to be curious to, to hey, ha, 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 how Spider Man talk about God? Mm-hmm. And your kids and, and, and your adolescent will say, oh, he said, my dad is interesting about, that's really cool
0: yes yes
1: so he, the kid will share what's how spider-man talk about god mm-hmm. and, that, and you say well that's great
0: that's exciting that's exciting
1: and i think that can bring sooner or later young generation to church without yes. putting pressure
0: Mm hmm. -hmm. Well, thank you for sharing all those nuggets. And I'm really curious as we wrap up anything exciting that you're doing right now, like, where are you on your journey? You're, you're working in a hospital, any, any projects that you're having that you would like to share before we wrap up or any other nuggets or wisdom, uh, pieces of wisdom, so to speak, that you might share with us?
1: Well, um, yeah, I'm working in hospitals, director of chaplaincy, um, I'm very grateful for the hospital, for my team, my staff. Uh, It's a joy to to work with them. Um, I'm still doing my PhD um, on dementia. Uh, One of the biggest mystery for me as a chaplain, Uh, uh, dementia, one of the most complex uh, to work with them and one of the most challenging to for myself what is a human
0: mm.
1: you know western country mostly well, even eastern will define a human as a rational person what if it's that so they're not human so what's the, to core? Imagine, yeah. what's the, core? What's the core what's the base of the human so i'm working on that um, um cool. i'm writing articles and um yeah and yeah i will say the most important it's the the person in front of you to be with him or her and to listen and to love them
0: yes yes
1: compassion Mm -hmm. this is the most important and uh uh, to be aware of yes not be stuck in in a daily routine that bring you to this awareness in palliative care when it's, it will be the time to die, you know?
0: That's right, well, thank you. And how about a team for the soul? Our work, team what you team do you
1: for the soul? Well, I do, I do grief, uh, I focus on the grief section
0: um so if you want to work with grief and you want to work with us a team for the soul,
1: here's correct. great hands. Um, it, 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 grief recovery it's the most. one of the most important training that I did. Uh, unfortunately we don't have that in chaplaincy. we will not have these tools in chaplaincy. forgiveness apologies, emotional statement. we don't work with that in a certain, process we have it here and there but we don't have the process to bring the patient to heal Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that his heart will heal and the recovery um it's what they mean about recovery and and often say that you know that what one of the most important page uh, in, in the recovery book uh, and I so said to
0: the book for people. So Sebastian is talking about the grief recovery.
1: Institute.
0: Yeah, this one. And he's, uh, Sebastian is um, advanced specialist with them and is
1: doing Correct, And of course it's a, all, all the process to bring you to say goodbye to the pain, you know.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and, and, and not the relationship to the pain.
0: Okay.
1: But there's a page very important. It's page six and seven the goal one of the goal is um i will not read all of it but just a few ones. what do we mean by recovery recovery means feeling better hmm. this is important not just say goodbye to the pain recovery means claiming your circumstances instead of your circumstances claiming you so,
0: claiming your circumstances, yeah. instead of circumstances claiming you, yeah, so that's
1: empowering. Recovery is finding new meaning for living mm. uh, without the fear to be hurt again. Recovery is being able to enjoy found memories, so it's bringing back to a joyful and happiness place mm-hmm. for the clients. Mm-hmm so and grief recovery um that's bring um to to review your relationship gotcha
0: you
1: know and uh, with all your losses Mm -hmm. there's something very uh, uh amazing about grief recovery
0: and how do you work do you do one one-to-one do you do groups a number of sessions like what's the setting and how can people if they're interested to uh, reach out to you and
1: correct so i do both i do one-to-one or in a group um uh, so uh, the framework the process will be the same okay uh, uh, some people like prefer more one-to-one some people don't like to be in a group, and some people better prefer to be in a group. So um, I do both. Mm-hmm. So what the, what the best for the, the clients? How many sessions? I think it's eight session, if I'm correct. <laughs> yeah, it's eight session, correct.
0: So in eight session, there's a process of bringing them from the beginning all the way toward moving towards recovery.
1: Correct. Okay. Correct, and I bring them back to the page six and seven.
0: Bringing back to?
1: to, to the goals, you know, to find new meaning, to to be, to feel better, to be happy. You know, this is important. This is this is important. The grief process.
0: Yes. So if I'm hearing you right, there is a sense of hope. I know many times in our culture, grief is understood. Well, I'm always going to feel the pain. i always going to have the loss. I'll never get over it. We hear that or time will heal or whatnot. But you're saying there is a process that's effective and not just because you're trained, but you've been a chaplain for many years. So you've seen other modalities. Is that right?
1: Correct. Correct. There's a process that chaplain that we don't have as a chaplain. Mm-hmm. We don't l- learn this process. Mm-hmm. Of course, we will work with forgiveness, apology. We won't have the process to, the, to bring to uh, a healing process of, to, of grief.
0: That's right. Okay. Well, yeah. thank you for sharing. Anything else? Any words of wisdom before we wrap up today?
1: Well, to enjoy life and to be a, a kind person, lovely person, to uh, be grateful, thankful when uh, you reach a person. Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm. Thank you so much for being willing to show up today and bring all your wisdom and your experience. And it's really a joy to, uh, Sebastian and I, we co-founded Team for the Soul. And um, we have lovely conversations in general, but this one in particular has been really very special. And uh, I've learned uh, new things that um, today, you've been hearing them for the first time. So thank you. I think I will stay with that sacredness of the relationship and um, that space is not mine when I'm accompanying someone. And uh, I'm curious as if you're watching or, or listening, What are you taking away from here and you can type in the chat and um thank you so much sebastian what a joy
1: you're welcome thank you so much thank
0: you thank you bye thank you so much for being part of this renewal conversation and i encourage you to type in the chat any thoughts any questions that you might have and if you want to reach sebastian directly you can reach out by going into our website team for the soul and look at sebastian's page and there's a way to contact him directly he does amazing work with grief and um, i hope you have a wonderful time and thank you for being in this shared space and time